0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, the Oklahoma City Thunder drop a game to the Brooklyn Nets. Is the sky falling after a really poor effort from Oklahoma City? We'll talk about it all on today's show. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Media Manager in Chief, over at com. Ryland Stiles, follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Stiles, follow the show on Twitter at Thunderpod. email the show, Thunderpod at gmail.com. On today's show, we're diving into the Oklahoma City Thunder, just having no effort, uh, no energy, no juice for this game in Brooklyn, and falling for the second straight game. Is the sky falling in Oklahoma City? Uh, we'll go outside and see. OKC, okay, we'll be looking to get back on track against Washington, but how can they rebound from this effort against Brooklyn? Let's dive into it. This game was another case of not Oklahoma City's night. And we're gonna go full bore into this contest. You know, Tuesday, the Thunder knockoff Boston. Wednesday, they fall to Atlanta, rallied late, but just for the majority of the contest, played really poor basketball, didn't get into Atlanta till 440, you know, until 415 travel issues back to back, you had all the explanation you needed for why that contest occurred against Atlanta. Typically throughout Mark's career, throughout throughout this time with the Thunder, even whenever they were at their lowest points of the last few years, the Thunder have done a really good job of responding to situations like Atlanta. They didn't do that against Brooklyn. They came out with terrible effort. They came out with terrible execution on both ends. And they were missing some good looks offensively, but compounding that problem with very bad defense, compounding that problem with a very bad effort on the rebounding uh, situation. And ultimately, the Nets hit some tough shots, but the Nets also garnered some open shots just by you know, going through the motion, so to say, because th- that's how bad the effort was uh, for the majority of this game. The, the Nets you know, led by 32 points at one point. And there's only six lead changes, four ties in this one. And whenever you look at this game, the late rally by OKC to make this respectable, get it down to seven points uh, late, you know, that that seven-minute burst in the fourth quarter you know, is almost uh, even more discouraging because you were capable. You had that level of gusto in you today. It wasn't as though you were just completely drained. You had that level of basketball in you, but didn't play that way for 40 minutes. And had you played that way for 40 minutes, you would have been able to pull off a victory and pull off a, you know, a a game to get you back on track. There are a few key areas of this one that really stick out. First of all, free throws, forget about any other context, forget about, you know, traveling, forget about, uh, you know, compounding, you know, the, the, the building frustration of the Atlanta game, whatever they shot 66% from the charity stripe. This is the best free throw shooting team in the NBA. On Wednesday, they were the best free throw shooting team in the NBA. Now, they're in Brooklyn shooting 66% at the free throw line. SGA, who is usually phenomenal, 90% free throw shooter, missed five free throws on his own. Jada missed one, Chet missed one. You know, these guys you know, that, that typically hit these free throws just were uncharacteristically bad at the free throw line. Then you go to the three-point line, 29% from beyond the arc. So right there, you're not going to win very many games when you're shooting splits end with 29 and 66, you're, you're just not going to win very many games. Then you head up to the, to the rebounding battle. Brooklyn wins at 51, 36. Let's start right there. A lot of people today are going to be freaking out about the, the complexities of this team and how they're constructed and what the Thunder need to do and who they should add and, and how they should change their construction and how they should change their roster because they can't rebound. Yes rebounding is an issue. Guys like Kelly Olynyk and others would, would really help fix that issue. However, in this game specifically, you should not be ripping their lack of size. You should not be ripping um, you know, the need for an, an, an additional big or rebounder or whatever you want to call it. You should just be simply ripping their effort. Like This is a game where they gave no effort. I mean, 13 of those rebounds came from Dennis Smith Jr. off the bench. Dennis Smith Jr., who stands 6'3", Got 12 rebounds in 24 minutes. A 6-3 guard got the biggest rebound of the game over two Thunder players to to just distinguish, extinguish, extinguish a Thunder run. That is pure effort. That is pure want to. That is pure trying. Something that the Thunder have been been pretty good at is is their consistent effort. It has not been good the last two games. And so, yes, we can talk big picture what the Thunder uh, need to do on the glass, but in this isolated, contextualized game, when Dennis Smith Jr. is ripping down 12 of those boards, I don't want to talk about roster construction. I want to talk about effort. He got 12, Nick Claxton got 13. That's what I want to talk about. Effort. And there was not a lot of it until the very end of the contest. And As the frustration grows for the fan base, you zone in on on rotations. Look, I don't agree with playing Lindy Waters, but he only played three minutes. One of those minutes came at the end of the first quarter, which is a fine strategy. There was 51 seconds left into the first quarter. Mark put Lindy Waters in with Dallas Bertans because it was off of a Nets free throw. So you're going to get the ball back. You're going to go two for one you're going to trade out one defensive possession for the chance of two threes, you know, and, and putting two additional floor spacers in to try to hunt threes. And it ended up not working. They combined for 0 for 2 in four, in a in a 51 seconds in that stretch. They combined for 0 for 2. But the thought process at least is explainable. What I disagree with is that in the fourth quarter, Lindy played 3 minutes, you know, had 3 minutes played, you know, in, in the fourth quarter, and Wiggins had played 6. And he finishes with with just under 8 minutes. Aaron Wiggins in a game where you do not have a worth a, a, a anything effort, when you do not have anyone giving you consistent energy or anyone giving you consistent play on either side of the ball, on either side of the floor, Aaron Wiggins should not be the guy who has under eight minutes because if there's anything... That we've consistently seen from Aaron Wiggins, no matter what role he's put in, if he's put in as a swing guy, if he's put in at the end of the fourth quarter after not playing the whole game, as he was was last year, or whenever he won the Thunder a game that way, if he's in the starting lineup, no matter what situation he's in, he comes through in big moments, and he comes through with playing hard-nosed defense that's switchable, an offensive play that that really connects things for a group that at times looked lost and could use some connecting, could use some cuts for easy buckets could use what Aaron Wiggins provided. So playing him under eight minutes, I will never understand, me personally. Now, I'm not the coach. I'm just an undefeated upwards head coach who's now a podcaster. I'm not going to be a coach in the NBA, sadly. If I was, we'll see what I would have, what I would have uh, been able to pull off. But I digress. You know, They wouldn't hire me to run your high school program. But I think anyone can see the impact that Wiggins has made. And so playing him under eight minutes in a game like this specifically, we can talk about whenever things are going good and you've mixed and matched and found the good groove. And then it just so happens that Wiggins only gets eight, nine, 10, 12 minutes. But in a game where you desperately, from the word go, needed a jolt, like think about how fast this game got out of hand. By the end of the first quarter, you were down 20, you were down, you you know, 18. By the end of the first quarter, this game got out of hand in a hurry and he got down 32 points and, and, and one of your best players to give you a jolt consistently over the last few years has been Wiggins and he barely plays. I, I don't see how that is fruitful. I think that he's earned the opportunity to turn games like this around with the way that he's played prior. And so, you know, you, you look at some of the minutes that were disp- to that, that were distributed it's tough, right? I get it though, because this is kind of what, you know, this is kind of what we were discussing in the off season, of this Thunder team. You know, you just gonna have to flip through and find who had the hot hand tonight. And sadly for the Thunder, nobody had the hot hand, right? Like he, anyway, even Isaiah Joe played 19 minutes. He he made one shot in 19 minutes. That's going to be very rare for him. Like he's typically going to make a bigger impact offensively than that. You know, Jay will Lindy, Davis didn't have it. Michich was 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 good in his stretch, but overall, it comes down to the Thunder just waiting until it was too late to get going. Waiting until it was too late to turn it on, and that leads into the next big topic you'll hear. So you're going to hear about the rebounding. Then you're going to hear about, well, are the Thunder reading their press clippings? I don't know. I don't know. The Thunder, you know, they, they saw all the hype and now they're just, uh, they're resting on their loyals because, you know, they, by gosh, you know, Stephen A. Smith was talking about them. Did you see that? Did you see that? <clears throat> Folks, I, I like to think um, that I have a pretty cool job. I appreciate everyone who does listen, I appreciate anyone who listens and retains anything I say. Um, I appreciate you all who listen every single day, who subscribe and comment and interact and uh, and are engaged in our discussions. I can promise you, nothing I say, nothing Colin Cowherd says, nothing Stephen A. Smith says, nothing anyone says, is factoring into if the Thunder are going to put it on cruise control or not. If the Thunder went out and lost to Boston, and the entire sports landscape was calling them frauds. It would not change what happened this week. Atlanta was a byproduct of the schedule and a byproduct of delayed travels and and, and a tough travel schedule. And then this game was a byproduct of the NBA. And I think that it's easy to get zeroed in on one team because it's 82 games. If you really make yourself a diehard fan of one team and you watch all 82 of their games, Throughout the flow of life for a common, you know, casual fan who doesn't do this for a living, who doesn't, who has a family, who has other obligations, it's tough to watch the rest of the league because you're, you're, if you've already dedicated a few hours a night, every night, almost to one team, it's tough to see the bigger picture, but this happens all the time in the NBA. Take just today, for example, Philadelphia got blown smooth out on their home floor against New York. New Orleans got blown smooth out on their home floor. Against the Clippers, who traveled across the country, the Rockets got blown smooth out by Minnesota on their home floor. All right, Utah. Now, this is to a lesser example, but Utah, who was playing good basketball, blown out, not even uh, remotely competitive, against Boston after playing a really good stretch. You know, Atlanta, who 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 just had their best shooting night uh, of the season, what it felt like on Wednesday against Oklahoma City ran out of the gym by Indiana. That's one night of basketball. This stuff happens. No matter how good you are, even the most title contendery of title contendery teams are going to face stretches like this and games like this. You're going to see, you know, the Thunder last year, for example. No one in their right mind would call last year's Thunder team anything except for a tremendous success, anything except for um, a a huge stamp of approval. And yet last year's team had multiple, multiple four-game losing streaks. I think there's a five-game losing streak in there. Last year's Thunder team dropped crucial games down the stretch to Indianapolis, to Indiana, and to Charlotte, and, and, and dropped a couple of Pistons games. You know, had, had to beat the Pistons on a, on a buzzer beater at home, dropped the Pistons game on the road. You know, they, they were just awful losses. And in the time, it felt the same way you feel right now. But when you look back on it, and it was just part of what happens in the NBA, it was just part of what life is like when you play 82 games. And so I think that Marcus is still a great coach. I think this team is still really great with a collection of really good talent and uh, has a really bright future. I just think that they're in one of these situations. I mean, Sam Presti at the end of his press conference, at the end of the season press conference last year, said the sky will fall on on an NBA team, any NBA team, twice a year. Now, this might be the start of the first go around of that for Oklahoma City. It certainly appears that way on, on social media right now. But nonetheless, you can't overreact to it. You can't over overindulge in it. You know, and and you've gotten some help, by the way. You know, Wednesday, I believe it was, it was Minnesota's loss today. Uh, the uh, Denver lost, so like even you know, your losses are being um, kind of helped or, or or offset a tiny, tiny bit uh, by what's happening around the association. So I, I just think that, like, even Boston, for example, opened up their season with a uh, with a uh, situation where, like, they were down to the wire and almost lost to Charlotte in Charlotte on the second night of a back to back, and then did lose to Charlotte on the second night of back to back. I should say. So, like, even Boston, who is undisputedly a title contender, undisputedly a, 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 off to a historic start this year. They still have not lost a home game this year. You know, Oklahoma City handed them their sixth loss, seventh loss of the year on uh, on Tuesday. But even they lost a the second night of back-to-back in Charlotte, just like the Thunder lost a second night of back-to-back uh, in uh, Atlanta. And so losing a couple home games in a row is not the biggest of deals. What is the biggest of deal is our good friends over at GameTime. Check them out today at GameTime because you can go there right now uh, and get last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. When you do, they're going to help you out. They're going to hook you up at game time. I think that game time can be perfectly described. So it has concerts, it has movies, it has sporting events, NBA, NFL, everything you want. Uh, but the whole entire, you know, selling point of game time, I think can be described with the NBA. If you're an NBA fan, you know, these guys just randomly pop up on the injury report sometimes. Sometimes you could be planning on going to see two teams and by the time tip-off rolls around, all of a sudden so-and-so is out and it changes if you want to go watch that game in person or not. And so with game time, that's where you can come in clutch and wait it out because game time gives you last-minute tickets, flash deals, and zone deals. It has the best bang for your buck with its last-minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. You get a view from your seat so you know exactly what you're going to buy. And they have the lowest price Guarantee they have event cancellation protection, they have job loss protection, and more to help you out. So, check it out today. That's game time. Go download the game time app, create your account, use code locked on for $20 off your first purchase. Terms and conditions apply. Create your account, redeem code locked on L O C K E D O N for $20 off. Go download the game time app. Uh, last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed at game time. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Folks, the Thunder just didn't have it in Brooklyn. They were blown smooth out of the gym. We've talked about their rebounding woes, we've talked about uh, their their shooting woes from three and free throw. They were just obliterated in second chance points 30 to seven. (laughs) That is just disgusting. It really is. That, That is icky uh for for Brooklyn. Uh tied in fast break 13 to 13. So when you when you really dissect this game, the fast break, which is typically the Thunder's bread and butter getting out and running in transition, that was neutralized 13-13. The second chance points, which typically the Thunder struggle in but try to keep it competitive, they were just blown out of the water in second chance points. Uh, you know, and actually, you know, due to the, even with their lack of size, the Thunder have been winning points in the paint by a by a fairly substantial margin this season that continued in Brooklyn. The Thunder even turned Brooklyn over two more times than the Thunder give it away. They only gave it away 13 times, but still when you go back to setting a tone after the first quarter, the Thunder were Oh freight from three and five turnovers and they were down 18 points. That's not a recipe for success on the road. And I think that you lost this game at a few different stages. It was, you know, to close the first quarter, didn't get any closer. You actually got further away. So obviously, SGA is going to rest to start the second quarter. Then to end the second quarter, you know, it felt like the Thunder might have turned a little bit of a corner whenever that that lead dipped down uh, closer to around uh, 13 once the quarter began, and then it dipped down again a little bit closer to 15. Uh, you know, closer to like uh, 18, I should say, uh, about midway through the, the you know the second quarter whenever SGA typically checks in, and the fact that you couldn't get that chipped down to that 10 range before the end of the uh, second quarter felt even worse for where this game stood. But then in the third quarter, you know, he, you got halftime, you've had a disappointing game in Atlanta and a terribly disappointing start in Brooklyn and Brooklyn still lands the first punch in the third quarter and extends their lead to their bigs of the night, uh, 32. That felt like the the true, yeah, this game's over. This team doesn't have it tonight. This is just not their night. And, and I think that it's it's a tough selling point. I get it to, to a fan base that's frustrated. But while it is frustrating that they had a not your night night after an explainable loss in Atlanta, that is what happened. This just wasn't their night. They, they for whatever reason, they did not have their regular effort. They did not have their regular energy. I don't believe it was the press clippings because I, I promise you they were not listening uh, to Colin Cowherd and said, well, since he says we're good, I guess we can just coast. But it was not the case. I, I guarantee you that it was not uh, Brooklyn listened to Colin Cowherd praise the Thunder a different conference team and say, well, you know, we got to really gear up and beat these folks. What the media says does not matter when the ball's in the air. It was just the natural state of NBA basketball. It was the natural state of how this goes. Every team, regardless of talent level has games like this. And I think that that is what is the most important thing to remember. And when you look at Brooklyn, you got to give them credit too. Like Dorian Finney-Smith was awesome. 3 for 5 from 3. Spencer Dinwiddie was awesome. You know, 58% from the floor and just got to his spots and got whatever he wanted. Royce O'Neal was a nice contributor off the bench. Dennis Smith Jr was 13 points 12 rebounds, 7 assists and 2 steals off the bench. Like Dennis with the Junior it was a plus 14 and was what allowed the, net, the the Nets to really take control. And Nick Claxton. Now, Nick Claxton who was, you know, not that impressive earlier this week against Oklahoma City, who, you know, in this last week did not lose anyone or make a trade for a big man or lose a big man, the same team. But this time he comes in, 23 points, 13 rebounds, three assists, and a steal. And what was the most impressive part was that Nick Claxton went 7 for 10 from the charity stripe. Now, he missed two big ones at the end, which the Thunder almost didn't capitalize on because they gave up an offensive rebound off those free throws. Now, luckily, the, the Nets missed the you know, ensuing shot, and then the Thunder got the rebound then. But still, you know Nick Claxton, even he was hitting free throws, and, and like, you know, even that went against uh, what the Thunder were wanting. So you got to give credit to the Nets for being ready to play in the Thunder warrant warrant. And the Nets did a really good job actually of handling that push. It's very, very, very easy as we talked about on Tuesday, you know, only more in a more jovial tone on Tuesday. You know, whenever you make a push and, and you get a huge lead, you know, this this time 32, down all the way to seven. Right? Down all the way to to seven points. And you're you're I think at one point it was a six-point game, it was a two possession game, you know. When you get it down there, it's so easy for the team who's blowing that lead to get really super tight and nervous and make a bad play, make a bad turnover, make a bad decision. You can, you can see it with the Thunders, you know, lay out of the season. Go back to New Orleans. So like that was their first time blowing a massive lead on ESPN, uh, you know, on a big stage. Look how they played as the as the Pelicans started to chip that away, chip that away, chip that away. Uh, so credit to the Nets for handling that run uh, really well and still coming away with the win. Uh, In Brooklyn. The Miles Bridges thing with the travel at the end, yes, it was a travel for sure. I totally agree with Mark for getting a technical foul there because I'm not calling that travel into the game. So giving away an, an, an additional point doesn't matter, especially for a team that clearly is in need of an injection of life into them. You see your coach fight for you, you see your coach get a technical foul, you see your coach share that frustration. That can really change things. It's why college coaches oftentimes, like Bill Self, Get just these blatantly obvious fake technicals, where they're just—they're not really mad at the officials. They're not really mad at the calls. They're mad at the circumstances, and they want to just give that artificial energy to their team and and you let the crowd feed off of it and so forth. In this case, the the, the difference of, of that one point did not matter because they're going to go to the line anyway for free throws and in the game. So, letting your frustrations be known, I think, was a good job by Mark as just a as just a coach managing a game. That was a great job by Mark to get the technical foul there. Um, And they missed that. Even if they would have called the travel, we'll never know, but it probably wouldn't have mattered anyway. You've then got to, though, take that momentum and actually carry it into Washington. A couple days off, that's going to help a lot. But at the end of the day, Washington is a no excuse game. And we'll talk about that coming up. But first, I want to tell you right now better good friends over at. Fanduel folks, Fanduel's great. New customers can get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose when you place a $5 bet at fanduelcom lockdown That's fanduelcom lockdown Check them out today. I think it's perfect right now to go to Fanduel because it's Saturday and there's everything on. You have college basketball on, college uh, basketball starting conference play. A lot of fun matchups on. You have the NBA on today. And you even have the NFL uh, happening with Pittsburgh and Baltimore going at it and the and Houston going at it. Uh, so you can go place those money line bets. If, you, if you're a new customer and you place a $5 Moneyline bet, you get $150 guaranteed win or lose from Locked On whenever you go there right now at Fender.com slash Locked On. That's Fender.com slash Locked On. Check them out today to get started. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I'm your host, Rylan Styles. Follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Stiles. Follow the show on Twitter at Thunder ThunderPod. If this is your first ever Locked On ThunderPod, check out the Celtics recap. That was a lot more fun and better. <laughs> but we we'll continue to rock and roll talking about this Nets game. I think that after this game against Brooklyn, it, 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 it happens. Frustrating as it may be, it happens. So I'm not going to tell you how to fan. I'm not going to tell you how to how to react to this team. I, I understand that it's frustrating, but I do think at the end of the day, you just move on and d- don't care. The sky's not falling. It doesn't undo anything that great that happened in December. It doesn't change the Thunder's outlook this season. It doesn't change the Thunder's outlook in the future. It's just a game against Brooklyn on a random January evening and the thunder were just awful tonight and spoiler alert. They're going to be awful again at some point this year. It just was compounded by being awful as well in Atlanta. Now, with that being said, we talked about marking the technical foul. We talked about the thunder making a push at the end of the fourth for that final seven minutes. You've got to bottle up that final seven minutes against Washington. I don't care how bad Washington is. I don't care about the jokes about Jordan Poole. I don't care about, about how the Thunder are far superior to Washington on paper and they should blow this game out. I do not care. You have to win that game against Washington. Good teams, teams that are that are going to make good on the praise that they've received. You know, whenever you're being talked about as a contender, you're being talked about as a team who could win a playoff series, much less more than that. You're being talked about as a team that could be a top half of the Western conference team. Those teams end a streak at two. Those teams, you know, get back on track quickly. Those teams don't let things spiral. And those teams have a way of recentering. And this is going to be the first test of that kind of whole youth adage thing. There's, there's a, there's a big camp of people who believe that the Thunder need to go trade for a veteran and a big camp of people who think that they should just write it out. And I don't, I don't, you know, you, you know my thoughts on this. I think that they've got to learn through it and learn through their own experiences. I don't think that there's some magical veteran they can go get at the deadline that will then import all their wisdom into all these guys' brains. And then from there on, they'll know how to win basketball games. You only learn from experience and hands-on experience and going through situations like that. But one of those situations is Monday against Washington. This is a bad Washington team. There, there is no reason that the Thunder should lose this game. You've been punched in the mouth twice, mouth twice in a row. You should be focused. You should be ready. You should be rested. Focused, ready, rested. That's what you should be on Monday. A couple of days off in New York, heading to Washington, playing a bad Wizards team. They don't have anyone who should be able to guard Shea. They don't have anyone imposing that that can exploit their their lack of bigs. They don't have any of that. They're a bad basketball team. Make them look like a bad basketball team and get back on track. You know, I think that Monday is close to a must win as you can get in early January, just for the sake of showing that this team does have uncommon maturity, which they've talked about. Shays talked about it. Kaysen's talked about it. Mark talked about it today. Mature teams handle their business. You didn't do that tonight, but no team, no matter how good or mature, is perfect. That's fine. But after two straight wake-up calls, you can't hit snooze again. You can't hit snooze in Washington. You've got to jump out of bed, drag a comb across your head, find your way downstairs, and drink a cup. And looking up, you've got to look at the scoreboard and say, we weren't late today. We were able to get a win. We were able to get a win. That's what you got to say if you're Oklahoma City. You've got to go into to Washington and come away with a W on Monday. And then you end the road trip against Miami. Off day in Miami is always scary. South Beach flu, but, you know, we'll see what happens in Miami. Then you get to return home for a game against Portland where you're for sure going to win that game. Portland's awful. And then a fun, fun, fun game. One of the funnest of the month, uh, hosting Orlando next week. So a lot of fun stuff coming up next week as well. Monday show. We're going to preview the week ahead in more detail as more things come out from practices and, and uh, more data comes out on what's going to happen against Washington. Then we're going to answer the rest of your mailbag questions. We did part one of the mailbag on Friday. we will do part two on Monday. And then on Tuesday, we're going to recap that Washington game and away we go with another week of lockdown thunder. Thank you all for listening to today's show. Uh, Subscribe wherever you get your podcast from, including on YouTube and until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another. Hey, prime members.